0: Yesterday, the Altar Guild gathered together at Kay Johnson's house for a wonderful lunch. Unfortunately, I had to leave early to go to yet another church meeting. This one at Grace Cathedral. It was the deputies getting ready for General Convention, which is coming up this summer in Salt Lake City, and it was an orientation, and it was your typical institutional church meeting, lots of technical talk lots of people trying hard to snooze while not being seen to snooze, and to stay awake when the fun stuff came up, and to talk about how many angels really do dance on the head of a pin. Kind of love the institutional church, right? We're part of the institutional church, and most of us who hang around the institutional church for very long at all learn to know just how imperfect it is. The foibles that it has, the blind alleys, the dead ends, the silly arguments, the scratching our heads wondering what we're going to do next. And then you begin to wonder, is it all worth it? Really? All that we do to hold up and prop up the institution, this imperfect vessel, supposedly or ostensibly a holder, a container for God's transforming grace. A friend of mine had sent me a video which languished in my inbox for several weeks, but I finally got around to watching it this week. It was from the Trinity Broadcasting Network, not something I watch all that often. It is, I believe, an evangelical television outlet in the Church of England, but it was a fun little snippet of a pastor who I believe travels a lot. He's an evangelical minister and he talked about how he has learned the hard way that you don't sit down in an airplane and disclose first thing that you're a clergyman. So he tells the story of sitting on the tarmac at Heathrow one day next to a lady who is a stranger and he introduces himself to her and shakes her hand, and she shakes his hand, and he says, well, tell me what what you do, and she talks about her work, and then she says, tell me about your work, and he pauses for a moment, and he says, well, he says, I work for an international business, he says, and we have an outlet in just about every community, she said, really, he said, yeah, really, he says, well, what do you do? He paused for a moment. He said, well, he says, we have outlets that help the homeless and feed those who are hungry. We have outlets that bring health care to places that are in need, that provide schooling. We take care of people from birth to death. We provide marital counseling and family support and social engagement and opportunities for gathering as community. And she said, wow. So loudly that everybody in the airplane turned to look at them. And then she said, so what's your business called? He said, the church. And she said, oh. (laughs) It's a little bit like that moment in today's reading from Acts. We just celebrated the ascension. And you see, Christ has just ascended. And the wonder of the resurrection and the ascension are still with those first followers of Jesus. And what do they get up to? The institution. We have only 11 apostles. We need 12. Somewhere it was written. Not sure where. The fine print. And so then they have to decide how they're going to choose Judas' successor, right? Right? Now, unlike the Episcopal Church, 20 centuries later they don't hold an election, they cast lots. It's basically like throwing the dice, right? Some of us in the institutional church think maybe that's a better way of choosing leadership. But nevertheless, they're right there in the mundane acts that we all undertake when we form institutions. Human bodies with all of their foibles, all of their flaws, all of those things we love to grump about sometimes. But today's gospel gives us a glimpse into God's response to the imperfections of our institutions and even the flaws of our own individual lives. This chapter in John is known in the tradition as Jesus' high priestly prayer, and it is offered in the narrative on the eve of Christ's passion and crucifixion as sort of a public prayer, a disclosure, almost a theological discourse with God overheard by Christ's first followers It's unique in the Gospels. And it doesn't come to us necessarily directly as Jesus' teaching, but it comes to us from a struggling community, a little institution, if you will, towards the end of the first century that is hearing these words in their midst, the words of Christ at work among them. Jesus says, I do not ask you, God, to take these people I love out of the world with all of its hostility and all of its foibles and all of its brokenness. Rather, he says, I send them into the world and I ask that they remain with you as I remain with you. Think about that for a moment and what a beautiful message that is especially at this time in Eastertide when we recall Christ's absence. We are called and given to be part of an institution and a world that is imperfect, that is sometimes seems to be broken, that is filled with foibles and imperfections. We are called to be people on journey as vessels in and of ourselves, imperfect, flawed, with foibles. And yet, Christ prays to God, asks God that we may be fully present with the divine, even in that imperfect place. And in fact, to call upon the grace of God to be with us in our flaws. That's gospel. That's good news. Because, you know, 20 centuries later, we're still at it. As imperfect as we are as an institution. The church has been through schisms and reformations and corruptions. All of the flaws of humanity has walked through the Christian institution and yet we remain as resilient as we are by God's grace. That's why you're here on a Sunday morning, you know, here when you could be walking the trails of Marin, here when you could be down at the coffee shop enjoying a latte, right? You are here because God's grace has brought you here. And more than that, you are called to carry that grace into those imperfect places in your lives, in your family, in all of its messiness, in your workplace, in all of its flaws, perhaps in your school, with all of its drudgery, maybe out on the trail, battling it with the bikers, you know or maybe the bikers battling it with the cars, on the highways, on the trains, wherever you are called to be, Christ, in today's gospel, asks God's grace to be with you with all of your flaws. What a beautiful message for the end of the Easter season, and one to carry with us as we move towards the eve, the birthday of the church. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley.org. dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.